Welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. It is good to be back in the great state of Texas. I started this morning off in uh, in a little state called Iowa that until last year I thought was uh, north, like immediately north of Texas. Not immediately north. Here's what I thought the map looked like. I thought it was Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Iowa, and then the Dakotas. That's what I thought. That's incorrect. It's still in the Midwest somewhere over there, but I started this morning off by waking up at 6 a.m. in Iowa, got on, uh, took a drive from Iowa to Nebraska, got on a plane from Nebraska to Dallas, from Dallas to here, then my wife and kids picked me up. That was fun. I got to hang out with them for a couple hours, then I came up here to do the radio show. So it has been a day. It has been a week. And if you've if you listened to the show the last couple of weeks, you have either heard me coughing or heard me, uh, you know, my voice kind of struggling a little bit. I have been a little under the weather for the past couple of weeks or so. Uh, so this last week, I knew that I had a big week. I had to go to Iowa or got to go to Iowa. It was a lot of fun. Got to go to Iowa to lead worship and speak for the Diocesan Youth Conference for the Diocese of Sioux City in Iowa with my friend uh, Fred Schellebarger. I invited me as long as... Uh, as well as uh, Kara Cardell in their in their office, and we just had a blast. I got to to do that. I got to do an event at one of the parishes in Sioux City as well. We're going to get into a little bit of that and how that went, but uh, I wanted to start the day off with a cool text message I got as well. Cool text message I got this week when I was in Iowa. So here here's kind of the thing. You, you remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Tony Hendricks on. And it was kind of a crazy deal. We had another bo- a guest booked to talk about RCIA and because of family reasons and, uh, and other things he couldn't come on. So we've rescheduled him to come on in a couple of months. But uh, Tony had to come on in like the last, like with like a, an hour to spare. <laughs> and she said one of the great lines in our radio show's history as like right as the music started, she goes, I'm going to die because <laughs> she was pretty nervous. But uh, so I was talking to her because she's friends with Fred, who I got to hang out with in Iowa this week. And I was texting her I was like, hey, I'm hanging out with Fred. We're having a lot of fun and just kind of and, and I was like, I let him listen to uh, to the clip of you freaking out on the radio. And she's like, ha ha ha, not funny. And then she sent me a text message um, about her daughter listening to the show. Now, I knew her daughter when we lived up in Steubenville, and she was, you know, small little child. I'm guessing around four or five when I lived there. She's probably eight now. She And the, the cool thing about the text message, and I might get in trouble if I got her age wrong, because she listens to the show. She's like eight, nine, ten. I don't know. Kendra, how old are you? I don't know. Okay, good. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. But uh, th- it was a really cool story, because this, this young lady who I've known for quite a while, he said, like, take walks with her around Steubenville, like with their family. And we would just, we would just hang out as a family. It was a lot of fun. Well, she listens to the show and not only that, but her mom texted me that she has her friends listening to the show as well. So I'm just picturing these, these young girls in elementary school, middle school. I don't know what, I don't know what, what I don't know the ages of, of small people. Everyone's small to me and I don't get it, but she, uh, I'm just picturing them at like a sleepover huddled under blankets listening to a Catholic podcast, and it just cracks me up. But, uh, Kendra, I wanted to just talk to you and say thank you for listening. Thank you for being awesome. It was great seeing you this summer, and thank you for sharing the show with your friends. And all of you adults out there, you should feel guilty now for not sharing the show with your friends because a a little girl up in Ohio did it, and you did it. (laughs) All right, so let's get back to this story about Iowa. Iowa's a fun place. I got got to... uh, go back for the second year in a row. Last year, I led worship and spoke at the conference. This year, they were like, hey, you want to do that again? Uh, I said, sure. They said, you have one stipulation. Last year, you were completely clean shaven, and we really like you, want to bring you back. But a lot of times for conferences, you don't bring back the same people every year. So they said, just in case, grow your beard out so maybe people will recognize you. Just, It's obviously kind of a joke, but I totally took it seriously. So Fred, who's the director of like half the offices in the Diocese of Sioux City, is a friend of mine, and he texted me and he said, hey, keep the beard. And this was back in like June. So I, I don't have a ruler, but I th- this is either the, log- the longest my beard's been or the second longest it's ever been, all because Fred texted me in June when I was about to shave the beard then. 
He said, keep it through September. And now I think it's too far gone. I think I'm going to keep it forever. I'm going to look like Moses in a couple of years. It's going to be fantastic. But so Iowa, I get there. If you're, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you might, you might remember this. If you were there with us way back at the beginning, one of the first shows I did was right after I went to Iowa last year, where I had the worst travel experience of my entire life. Long story short, I got to Iowa last year in a city that I wasn't supposed to fly to. That was three and a half hours away from where I was supposed to be. All, this was all because of lightning storms and all, and all this kind of stuff. I get to Iowa. My bag is still in Dallas. So I don't have any of my merchandise. I don't have any of my clothes. I literally only have the clothes that I'm wearing. So we ha- he has to come and pick me up at like midnight in a town that's three and a half hours away from where I was supposed to be. We drive to like three in the morning, take like a two hour nap at a hotel. <laughs> then we have to wake up really early to get to the conference, drive, drive to a Walmart. Cause I literally have no other clothes. I buy a wardrobe. I literally everything. I buy a shirt. <laughs> I buy pants. I buy underwear. I buy a belt. I buy socks. I buy shoes all at Walmart because I need something. It was an absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> and like it was just crazy, crazy, crazy weather. Uh, when I finally get to the last airport where I, where I landed, we were literally flying in a lightning storm. So I'm sitting flying, sitting in a plane that's circling around this airport. They're like, um, yeah, we're um in a lightning storm. Uh, so we're just gonna keep circling the airport. I was like, get me down! <laughs> the last place I want to be in a lightning storm is in a big piece of metal flying in the middle of it. Right. So anyway, it was crazy. So this year, all I wanted. All I prayed for all last week was to have the most boring, boring travel experience of my entire life. And I can't tell you how happy I was when I got it. I was so, so, so bored on Saturday, and it was the greatest day I've had in weeks. It was so great that I just got to get on my plane and sit there for a few hours and transfer to another plane. Nothing went wrong. I got all my luggage. They didn't crack my guitar in half like they did last year. I didn't tell you that part. Just crazy. So get there on Sunday. We do the diocesan youth conference. It was so much fun. I got to speak to adults. I got to speak to the youth. I got to lead worship throughout the day. Get to meet Katie Hartfield, a great speaker from the Houston area. It's just crazy that we had to fly to Iowa to meet each other. We live like an hour and a half away. She's a great, great speaker. Does the Steubenville conferences in the summers. It was, it was a lot of fun. And then the next day I got to do an event with uh with a parish there in Sioux City, Modern Day Parish, and got to talk a little bit about complacency and and some of the stuff that I talked about on the show before. So, one of the things that that is new that I got new for this conference is I got these hats. And we've talked about how I how I travel on the plane. And I got these new hats and I wasn't quite sure yet if I should wear it as I travel. So, these hats are are being are uh I had them this weekend. They made their debut this weekend at the conference, and they are now making their public debut to everybody here on the on the air. I'm wearing it right now. I just posted a picture on Instagram. You can go check it out. There are hats that look just like the Donald Trump hats that make America great again. That same s- stupid red hat. <laughs> so nerdy, right? And I, I, t- I changed his line, this tagline, though. And now uh, we have our new tagline. We've used it a couple times in the show. It's now the Forte Catholic tagline, make Catholicism fun again. That's what we're all about. We're all about the joy of the gospel, sharing the joy of the gospel. Uh, so I have new hats, make Catholicism fun again. Uh, so if you would like a terrible looking hat that will, uh, that will make people laugh, it will make people look at you twice. I walked through St. Mary's today, like where we, where we record the show here in, at Red Sea Radio and College Station. And people would do double takes. And a girl, uh, there's a girl right outside the studio. Young lady, not a girl, whatever. Be, be nice, Taylor. <laughs> she said, nice hat, like really quickly. And I was like, all right, I have to ask now because I'm testing these hats out. Did you actually read it or did you assume it was something else? She said, no, I did a double take. I was kind of put off when you, wore the, when, when you were wearing something else. Then I read it and I thought it was funny. So if you would like a hat... That'll support the show. That will help uh, pay for my baby's diapers. I have a baby that's being born in a month. It's crazy. Uh, support the show. Uh, wear, wear the hat around. Start. It's a great conversation starter. I let me tell you. This <laughs> is. I was as I had the hats. I was walking through the airports. And I was like, Am I bold enough 
at six o'clock in the morning to wear a hat that will probably make people angry. Because some people will assume it's the Trump hat and they'll be like, you suck. Because <laughs> people aren't too happy with Trump at the moment, especially after this weekend with those NFL protests. We're just not going to get into it. It's all stupid. <laughs> Everybody just needs to calm down and move about their lives. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but also like being Catholic on a plane, we've talked about how I traveled before. And like I travel to go share the good news and to go lead worship. And it's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. And I, like, I need to save my energy, save my voice. So a lot of times I'm that guy, that Catholic evangelist on the plane. And I put my headphones in. <laughs> I just ignore everybody because I don't. I just don't want to talk to people, right? So I d- I decided to do that again for this trip. I didn't wear the hat, uh, but I wore it like pretty much the whole time I was in Iowa. Because like the thing with me in the plains is like you're just stuck with that person for like three hours. So if there's somebody who's anti-Catholic, they'll just chew your ear off for three hours. At least when you're like walking around, I'll walk around with it here. I walked around with it in Iowa. And people are like, "Oh, that's funny. What are you doing here?" All this kind of stuff, right? On a plane, you're just stuck. So as I was thinking about this, I didn't wear the hat on purpose because I didn't just, I just didn't want to get into it with somebody, right? So then this flight attendant on my, on my second flight flying there, she's sitting next to me. Like I'm in the road where like, I'm literally sitting right next to her. Her little like cubby is, is next to me. And at the end of the flight, she's, I, f- I forget even how it got brought up. Oh, I think it's because I had my guitar. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing music for a conference. She's like, oh, what kind? I was like, a youth conference. You know, I'm, I'm a worship leader. You know, she kind of coaxed it out of me. <laughs> she's like, oh, like, what, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm in youth ministry. And uh, she says, oh, what church? And I said, uh, Catholic church. And she's like, oh, we don't call them ministers. I'm Catholic too. And I was like, I, I'm a youth minister. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So then we get into this whole conversation, and I'm, I'm kind of feeling her out, right? And she's feeling me out. And I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, she's going to, you know, most of the time when you encounter somebody on a plane and they find out you're Catholic, they're like, oh, I used to be Catholic and I'm not now because <laughs> they just like want to vent and unload on you, right? The exact opposite happened. We had sat next to each other for like two hours. She found out I was Catholic. She opened up the pantry where they keep all the snacks and everything. And she's like, oh, do you want uh, these peanuts? Oh, do you want these cookies? Oh, do you want these? She gave me like nine snacks and she gave me like one of those water bottles that they serve everybody, like the 79 ounce water bottles. She's just unloading all this stuff on me. She's like, thanks so much for all you do. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Maybe I should rethink this whole, am I Catholic on planes or not? But uh, anyway, back to the hats. We had so much fun with them. People, people thought they were hilarious. We got a couple of priests to wear them. There are priests wearing them. Some of the priests bought them. There's a seminarian who was actually the uh, MC for the week or for the, for the conference. His name's Travis Crotty. He's uh, in seminary. He's going to be a priest in a couple years. He, he messaged me this morning on Facebook that not only did he buy the hat and wear the hat like throughout the entire conference, but he traveled back to seminary in St. Louis today. He wore the hat to a St. Louis Cardinals game. So the Forte Catholic Make Catholicism Great Again hats are now worldwide. <laughs> we got some in Iowa. We got some in Texas. We got some in St. Louis. So at least in the Midwest. And again, if you want to get one, uh, either shoot me a message if you're local. They're 25 bucks. Uh, and, or if you want to b- order them online, ForteCatholic.com slash store. Uh, and the other thing I want to talk about from this trip is just the amazing witness of their bishop there in Sioux City. His name is Bishop Nicholas. And last year, when I went up to the conference, I told you a little bit about my travel experience. I had had about two hours of sleep in 48 hours. I was absolutely exhausted. So some of you know that I don't have the biggest filters on what I say. So I meet this bishop for the first time. And I had completely forgot about this conversation until Fred reminded me of it this year. Because, again, I was very tired and I forgot what happened. Apparently, I walked up to this bishop, and the first thing I said to him was, hey, nice Halloween costume. Because <laughs> he was wearing, like, his whole bishop get up, right? <laughs> and so, like, that's how I made a first impression on this bishop. So then last year, he, like, sat in on my talk, I think more out of quality control than anything else. But then, like, by the end of the day, like, he thought it was funny. He has a good sense of humor. And he, he really, I really enjoyed my time with him. He seemed to enjoy his time with me. So then this year, 
I hear that he's coming back to the conference. He's going to celebrate mass again. Last year he was busy. He came out and celebrate the mass and then he, and then he had to leave this year. He had knee surgery, like, and he like explained the knee surgery. It was pretty and in, pretty invasive knee surgery, so he was having to like walk around with a cane the most of the day. But he came from before the conference started, and he was there for all but like the last hour of it. The conference lasted all day, and he was there almost all day with his cane and just going to hang out with kids, taking selfies with kids, walking around as they played, and being able to talk to some of these young people. And I just really recognized it as you know when Pope Francis said that our priests, our bishops, need to smell like the sheep. By the end of the day, Bishop Nicholas smelled like the sheep, even though the sheep were smelling like junior high boys. And it was just awesome. It's just so, Bishop Nicholas, thank you for your witness. Thank you for, uh, for truly living out the gospel. Another funny story about Bishop Nicholas is he had his cane all day, right? And then mass started, and Fred, who works for the bishop there in the, di- in the diocesan offices, was worried that he didn't have his cane walking into Mass. And then he realized he was using his crozier. The crozier is like that big staff that the bishops, the bishops hold, right? Look it up on Google if you don't know what I'm talking about. Big old staff. He was using that kind of as his cane, as his, as his crutch. So it was just really, really cool. Um, so yeah, it was a really good week. I really enjoyed my time up there in the Diocese of Sioux City. I got to talk about a few things that I've talked about here on the radio show before with the with the young people, I was able to talk about how they were made for greatness, how they were made for holiness. And we, we used a lot of the things that I've talked about on the show before. I sh- shared that Star Wars clip from Rogue One that we've talked about in the air. And so as we move into the rest of the rest of the show, as I was planning for today's show, a lot of times when I go do events, I, I come back and we do that. We, we do like a mini version of that talk as a segment on the show. And then I was – so I kind of planned on that for tonight's show. And then I started typing in, like, okay, here's what I want to talk about. And then I was like, I've talked about that before. I've talked about that before. I've talked about that before. <laughs> so all the talks I gave, I had already given. So then as I was on my Mac today, I can search and see what I've said before. And so I had to actually go through and I realized I've actually never talked about confession on my show before. So it's, I'm going to share my first confession story whenever we come back in our third segment. But for right now... I'm really excited to be talking to Justin Fatika from Heart as Nails Ministry about his new book, his new message called You're Amazing. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. We are here, as promised, with our very special guest, Mr. Justin Fatika. Justin, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great there, Taylor. Thanks for having me on. And uh, Hopefully Texas is doing well and hanging in there with everything that's been going on for, I'm sure, the past month. And Hopefully uh, your people are encouraged and have hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely, man. As you know, it's been it's been a pretty rough time, but our prayers and our thoughts still go out to those who who have been suffering with the hurricane. And you actually uh, have a very special message for people who are just about everybody, but especially for people who are suffering with your new book that you have out called "You're Amazing," which is the reason we got you on the show today. Um, for both those who don't know Justin, he's a very well-known Catholic speaker as well as the co-founder and executive director of Heart as Nails Ministry. Um, and this new book, You're Amazing, I've been kind of following it on your social media, on your Instagram stuff, but I'm looking forward to you being able to share with us what it's all about. So why don't you just give us an introduction into what is You're Amazing all about? Well, You're Amazing, the book came about uh, through our EWTN series, You're Amazing, that EWTN has been playing for years, and we're doing uh, another uh, series as well, and they continue to reach out to us. We're working on one in Europe, and working one as well on our, in Westchester, New York. But the Your Amazing Message we've been doing for the past, you know, seven years is really so important because it's all about our baptismal calling. And our baptismal calling gives us the strength to suffer well, that we can get through anything through the power of our baptism, through the power and grace that God gives us. Through all of the challenges we face, God gives us the grace. Through all the struggles we face, God is there for us. Through all the successes we receive, we thank Him and praise Him, and those help carry us on. The Your Amazing Message is all about that, that through Christ, it's not about our circumstances. It's about our purpose. It's about our call. 
to be daughters and sons of uh, God. Yeah, we, we talked like right r- the weekend right after the hurricane hit on the show. We talked about how Christianity itself is about suffering. Like we proclaim Christ crucified who died on the cross, like literally through suffering is how our salvation came about. Um, and he wants to walk with us and be with us in the midst of suffering. So whether it's people still struggling with the hurricane or, or I mean, suffering is just a part of the human experience, part of our world. How is this message going to help them in their day-to-day lives? How is it going to help them grow in their faith? Well, yeah, it's 40 chapters. You can do it during Lent. You can do it during Advent. It's 40 chapters, three to five pages of this book, each chapter. And there's five ways to get through challenges in life, five ways to receive hope each day of your life. And the first way is to be real, to be authentic. And there's eight chapters on being real. And being real is usually where we go into to those places that are challenging, that aren't so easy. And God enters into those. And that's when the first uh, part of the book is about the first eight chapters. The next is uh, be courageous. You know, so if we first be real, then we can be courageous. Then the, the, the third part is to be prayerful. We want people to help build a prayer life because having a structured prayer life is what gets us through that. And then it goes through being humble. Something that you know, you know, anyone who's honest with themselves doesn't do very well at. But it's something that we all need to strive for, to be humble, and to to really. And that was inspired through a couple of ways. One book I've been reading, "Humility of Heart" by Father Bergamo, that I've been reading for years. And that that chapter got inspired through Father Bergamo, and that just picked me up. And the last chapter is about be encouraging, and those are, that's the last part of the book, which is eight chapters as well. Those 40 chapters with those five parts, be real, be courageous, be prayerful, be humble, and be encouraging. It's a way of life. And in our ministry, we really want to live that way of life. We're always looking to give a reason for our hope. We're always looking for to find anyone in our lives, like whether it's today, me at Dunkin' Donuts encouraging somebody, or, or whether it's you know, just meeting somebody like when I was in Miami, Florida, there's a guy that actually plays for the Texas Rangers. I had no clue he was at one of my events. And uh, his name's Nick Martinez. He's a pitcher. And I said, how many of you out there have been through a challenge and you want to share with this group of people? And it was at the University of Miami. A reason for your hope. Come up. Three minutes or less. Share how Christ has given you hope. And this guy gets up. He says, my name's Nick Martinez. I know who he is. He goes, look, for those of you who don't know me, I play for the Texas Rangers. I was like, dang. He gets up there and shares his story about how he has never gotten sent down to the minors. He was always in the majors. And last year he got sent down to the minors and what that did for him and how that helped him be more human. And it was in his weakness that Christ made him strong. Or whether it's at Panera Bread. Just last year in January, I go into Panera Bread. I go in, and all of a sudden I say, you're amazing to this stranger. And we had our bus. We had a 50-foot tour bus. We traveled town to town. And then you're amazing bus. It's the Sacramento. And the girl goes, oh, well, thank you so much. I go, I just want you to know God has a plan and purpose for your life. She starts to cry. The next day, she got my information. I told her our website. She emails me and says, I was going to end my life that day. I had to plan wow. after my second shift to give up on life. And it was those two words, you're amazing. And it sunk in. And she says, look, I looked at that as a sign from God. You see, a lot of speakers, a lot of people want to live the life, you know, uh, just as a speaker, as an author. And that's great. We need to do that. But we believe in our mission. We're called to bring this your amazing message every day, whether it's at an event or it's at Panera Bread, Dunkin' Donuts, or in our own personal life with my family. Just before this, I was praying the rosary with my family. Why? Because I know that I need Our Lady's help, and my family does too, to get through the challenges of life. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was following you the other day, and I've I've been able to see some of these amazing stories that you've shared as you've been sharing this, you know, <clears throat> uh, important message, but a simple message. Being able to walk up to somebody yeah. and say you're amazing, and it has this amazing impact on people. And then obviously you go deeper in the, in talks and the books and all these sorts of things. But I love the simplicity in in the message and how you just walking up to that lady and saying two words absolutely changed her life and, and like literally gave her life, like continued to, uh, to give her life. Um, and, and I know like as easy as I'm listening and just from, um, kind of seeing you throughout the years, I know, um, I, or I'm interested in these, you, you are very, very passionate about, the, about this message, about your ministry and about these stories. So in these, in these sections of your book, the be real, be courageous, um, the, uh, humility and pride and, and being, being encouraging and, and all these things. Is this something that, did you write this book because this is something that you've always kind of had naturally in your faith or, or because they were something you struggled with or a mixture of both? Where did this book come from, this message come from in your life? Well, in 2010, you know, I've been preaching the gospel professionally and in a worldly sense since I was 19 years old. Uh, just going to church to church to church. And I've been doing it full time on the road for 11 years now, uh, town to town to town uh, through the year. Amazing wow. message started actually in 2010. And and where it came from was a young, it always comes from uh, the most unlikely place. Kind of like, you know, Zacchaeus in the tree. I'm sure Jesus is like, this is an unlikely place, you know, you know, to find a message, to find something unique. Jesus knows all, but I'm sure he was always, surprised necessarily about the power of his father in heaven and connecting with him on a deeper level. And for me, as a, as just a weak guy, a sinner, I was preaching the gospel. And after it was over, I'm signing books. I've written you know, five books. And I'm signing books. And, and uh, this kid comes up to me and he says, hey, look, I, I don't really agree with your message. You're amazing. And, and like you said, Taylor, like this message is simple. How can't you agree with it? everyone's amazing? God's created in the image and likeness. Psalm one thirty nine fourteen. I praise you, Lord, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians two eight. You know, you know, basically that we were created as His handiwork. You know, right. And uh, this kid goes, "No, nah, I don't think everybody's amazing, Justin." And nobody's ever done that, you know, with me. So, you know, because, you know, I'm like, of my past, you know, people don't always stop me in my tracks. This young kid stopped me in my tracks. I go, well, well, why is that? Because everybody is amazing, I said. He goes, well, my dad's not amazing. And I'm like, why, why do you say that? And his kid was a tough football player. It wasn't like, you know, some kid was a, a different kind of kid sharing his heart with me. I said, well, why do you say your dad's not amazing? He said, my dad left me when I was a kid. Man. You know, I took care of my mom and my brother and sister. When, uh, they were three and five. And, you know, my dad's not amazing. He's a loser. And I had a chance like, to go, yeah, man, sorry. And this and that. But there was something in me that sparked something. I have no idea. I, I, I think it's the Holy Spirit. I looked at the kid and I said, I go, you are real with me. Can I be real with you? He goes, sure. I said, I have a few questions to ask you. He's like, what's that? I go, did it hurt you when your dad left? He goes, yeah, well, will you ask me that? I said, did you ever cry about it, that your dad left you? Did you ever cry about it? He's like, yeah, I cried about it. Why are you asking all these questions? I looked at this young boy. I said, look, if your dad wasn't amazing, it wouldn't have hurt so bad. He just didn't realize how amazing he was. Mm. Wow. It was in that moment I realized that the amazing power we have with us, within us had nothing to do with me or you, Taylor, or this kid. It had to do with the dignity and power that God put within every one of us as father, as son, as brother. And it was there that the Your Amazing Message was born. Wow. It was there that I said, I want to get this message. Because it's deeper. It was like, oh, you're amazing, so simple, so like, you know, elementary. And there is a piece of that, because I can go into a kindergarten group and read it. my children's book, You're Amazing, and they're impacted. But you know what? It's not elementary. There's a deep sense of revival in someone's heart when they know, wow, that dad that hurt me 
even he matters. And the kid hugged me after that. And he was impacted. And I looked at that kid with tears in my eyes. I said, look, you go show your dad how amazing he is. Taylor, when I go into the prisons, I do. This, I, I have the same message. I look the prisoners in there. I say, you're amazing. They always look down. I say, you took your head up when you look at me. I said, look, you know how I know you're amazing? And they're like, how's that? You know, they kind of look at me like this tough look. I say, because I meet your kids, I meet your nieces, I meet your nephews, and, and they don't say, I hate my uncle or my dad because he's in jail. They say, I miss my dad. I miss my uncle. Because what makes us amazing isn't the wrong or right we do. It's that we matter, and why do we have to change? Why do we have to repent? Why do we have to come back to God? Not because we're crap, not because we're garbage, not because we're nothing, but because we're something, because we're something great. That God made us. So that that's where the your amazing message came from. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful, man. Because like even Jesus took these complicated things and 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 made them accessible to people. And I think that's what you're doing with this your amazing message. Like you made this message the the core of the gospel. The, you referenced the scriptures to us, and you just shared the, your love with him, shared God's love with him in the midst of his hurt. And it's interesting that he. Uh, like he didn't agree with you when he said you're amazing. I was thinking about that as you were talking about your hum- humility, the pride section in, in the book. Um, and I-, I can see a couple of reactions to-, to you walking up to somebody and saying you're amazing. They're either like, yeah, I am. I'm awesome. <laughs> or, yeah, of course. Yeah. Or like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm worthless. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, you know, I did this in my past or I've been hurt in my past or whatever. Like this kid you were talking to. So why don't you dive into that a little bit more? Um, when when what's like the the true reaction that that we should be having, and not this one crazy side of of pride or this other side of like not having any uh, you know the false humility or this hurt and and not having any um, pride in yourself with this great gift that you said that we've been given. Well, well, it comes from the most uh, in the New American Bible. It comes from the greatest Bible verse that was ever given to us, the 27 most powerful words, which I talk about in my book, You're Amazing, in uh, the Be Encouraging chapter, the John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And you're like, how does that deal with the Your Amazing message and pride and humility? Look. That I'm amazing has nothing to do with me. It has to do with what's been done for me and for who I am because of that. For God the Father paid the ultimate price to show Justin and Taylor and all of his people, young and old, that they matter. That he gave his only begotten son to show us. Let me show you that yes you're nothing without me yes don't get caught up in all your your gifts or talents because those are nothing compared to my magnificence and power and beauty but i will show you that me who is all beautiful me who is all powerful me who is all loving will show you how much you matter to me and isn't it great that we can matter to the king of this universe, that we can matter to the infinite. That is what makes us amazing, that we matter so much that he gave us his only son. And that's the power of the Your Amazing Message. That's the beauty of the Your Amazing Message, that what makes the all human, all humility we know we're nothing without God the Father showing us that we're something through his son dying for us, that, that we're paid at an ultimate price, Taylor, that, that that's how great God sees us as. And without that, we're in trouble. It's all about the cross. It's all about the cross. Amen, brother. You're just preaching up a storm over there. I love it. Um, I'm going oh, yeah. to let you drop the mic on that one. Thank you, Justin Fatika, for coming on the show. Um, before we go, obviously, we want to plug the book. You can get it on Amazon. You're amazing. Check out their website. Um, and then their social media stuff is so much fun. I really enjoy following Justin on Instagram, his Instagram stories, and Thank as he travels. So yeah, as you travel along. So where can we find you on social media? How can people connect with you? Yeah, you can go to Justin Vatika on any uh, major uh, 
you know, platform, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where you can go to your amazing HN to follow our ministry as well. And, and look up our missionaries. Our ministries grow like leaps and bounds, you know, and we're uh, follow our Your Amazing Crusade, which is going to Westchester County. We're 4,400 people at our big event in uh, New York, and we're really excited for what God's doing. Be encouraged, and you are amazing, Taylor. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, too. You are amazing as well. Uh, We'll talk to you again sometime. All right, guys, we will be right back uh, after the break for our final segment of the day. See you then. Welcome back to our final segment of Forte Catholic for the evening. I want to thank Justin Patika again for taking some time to uh, come hang out with hang out with me on the air a couple of weeks ago, and then I was glad you guys got to hear it here live on the radio. If you were a Patreon supporter, you could have heard it a couple weeks ago. We got a couple of some exclusive content on there, some content just like that that interview that'll come out a little early for those who support on Patreon. I need to update the Patreon because if you give at a certain amount. These new Make Catholicism Fun Again hats, you'll get one uh, for your monthly support at a certain level as well. Uh, so check that out, patreon.com slash Catholic. So uh, at the end of the first segment, I was uh, talking about how, kind of how I prepare for the show, a little uh, behind the scenes for Forte Catholics. So what I do a lot is like if I give a talk at a youth group or something, I don't, I want to just kind of reuse or recycle that, that content. That way I don't have to like prepare for two different things. It's like, that makes sense. If God puts something on my heart for Sunday, it's probably still valid on Tuesday. That's, that's typically how those things work. But for this conference that I did this weekend, how they, the, the conference on Sunday and then the event that I did at the parish, they said, what are you like really good at? What do you want to share about? And I gave him a list. So it's, it was all stuff that I shared about before. Some of my big kind of popular topics, right? Like the victory in Christ. That's one of the reasons behind the hats. I hate Catholic guilt. And I want to bring the joy of the gospel back into Catholicism. Uh, it's, it's me and Pope Francis hanging out. One, maybe one day uh, I'll meet him and I'll give him one of these hats. <laughs> he could wear it. But uh, that's, that's one of the talks I gave this weekend. So I was like, okay. As I was preparing, preparing for the show today, I said, can't do that one. Then I was like, I also talked about... Uh, I did a parent session on questions and asking questions, how Jesus was the master of asking questions. And I typed that in. It's like, oh, yeah, I've talked about that on the show before, too. Um, and then on, on Monday night, I talked about complacency. And I said, well, I've, I've talked about that on the air as well. So I was like, dang. I, I typed it all in. It's all there in my show notes for like the last year. So what am I going to talk about? We're in episode 50 today. This is the 50th episode of Forte Catholic. It's just crazy. Next week. Next week, we have a huge show for you. It is our one-year anniversary of when the show began. We have a huge, I I don't know why I keep saying the word huge. I guess because I have these uh, Trump-inspired hats over here. It's huge. We got a huge announcement. That's a bad Trump impression, but big announcement with the guys from the Catholic Man Show. Uh, To start off the show next week, you are going to want to tune in. Some big news for Forte Catholic I'm really excited about. One of our biggest guests we've ever had on in the second segment, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, is coming on the show to talk about scripture and its importance. He's coming to the Red Sea Radio um, banquet, fundraising banquet, uh, in a couple of weeks. So check that out. He's going to be here, and he just wanted to come on the show before that to promote his book and to promote the the, uh, fundraiser a little bit as well. We have a couple surprise guests in the third segment, it's going to be a lot of fun. Some people you've heard from before on the show. It's essentially a, a one year reunion show where we'll talk about uh, some of the, some of our favorite moments on the show, that sort of thing. So, um, but before we do that, I cannot believe it's been a year. It has been a year and I haven't given, I haven't talked about one of the biggest things that I talk about when, when I go around and speak to youth groups or whatever. I've probably given this talk. I don't know. 15 times in my life. And I was like, surely I've, I've talked about this on the radio. So after I kind of struck out and I was like, those are my three topics from this weekend. I've talked about all those on the radio before I went through like my talks. I was like, okay, what have I not talked about on the radio yet? And I got to this one about confession. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. All my friends and a lot of the youth ministries here in the area have heard about my first confession. I haven't shared about that on the radio. That's one of my best stories that I've been holding out for an entire year. So on Monday night, 
I was talking about complacency, and and for the most part, it was it was kind of a, it was an adult crowd. And what I did is I I introduced myself. We played a game that we actually played on the radio show before, love song or worship song. And I think the average age in the room was like fifty to sixty. They absolutely loved it. They had so much fun with these songs. They were trying to guess, and and they were as bad as bad as I was at the game. It was just absolutely terrible. We all, like I don't think more than half of the room ever got the answer right like we were always split and it was always half of us were wrong so we played that game and then i talked about complacency and then we'd had about 30 minutes or so of eucharistic adoration i played some praise and worship and confession was available so we had two priests available available in the back so that people during adoration if they felt like like they needed to go to confession or want to go to confession they could almost everybody in the room went and at the end of the night uh, two ladies came up to me and they said, I don't know. It was really funny because they came back to back. The first lady said, I don't know if, uh, if, if tonight was for everybody else, but I know that it was for me. I hadn't been to confession in a long time. You could tell that she had been crying. She was like, it was just, I just really needed tonight. Just like, thank you for coming. I was like, that's all. I mean, th- like those are the things that you love to hear as, as a, as a youth minister, as a speaker, whatever. And then the next lady came. She's like, I don't know if this night was for anybody else, but it was totally for me. I was like, I'm starting to see a trend here. I'm hoping that it was, you know, obviously I hope that it was a good experience and that, that people got, got closer to the Lord and had an encounter with him there that night. And just such a great evening. So I, I was thinking about confession a lot as I was traveling today. And then I looked up and I was like, you know what? I have to tell my first confession story. So here it is. <clears throat> episode 50. One of the best stories that I have, finally <laughs> live on the radio. So I don't know what, what, as you're listening, I don't know if you're here in driving in your car in the in the Diocese of Austin, if you're listening from Iowa. I know a couple people said that they were going to listen, or if you're listening from, uh, we got somebody listening in the Philippines, shout out to JR. He, he found me he found me on Twitter. He's listening in, in, the, in the, no, it was the Philippines or Japan. I can't remember. Is that racist? Dang it. I can't remember. Sorry, JR, and all of the Philippines and all of Japan. I do apologize. <laughs> I'll go to confession, which is what we're talking about. I said something that might have offended people. Father, forgive me. I've sinned multiple, multiple times. Okay. So here in, the, in, in, in this diocese and in the diocese where I grew up, the Diocese of Galveston, Houston, you get your first communion in second grade. So for like that year, you go to religious education. They teach you like, this is how you put your hands out. I don't know what they teach you for two years, for an entire year. This is how you put your hands out. Don't drop Jesus. Okay. That's what I remember. That's what second grade Taylor remembers. But before you receive your first communion, you have to go and have your first reconciliation, your first confession. So like I'm in second grade, so I wasn't driving yet. So my mom takes me to the church for this. It's just confession for the second graders and like their parents. Right. So there's like four or five priests. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But just priests kind of spread throughout the church. And there was, so there was multiple lines. And I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, I don't want to tell somebody every, everything that I did wrong. That's dumb. If second grade Taylor only knew the things that today Taylor has done wrong, <laughs> he wouldn't have been as worried. <laughs> you said what about Japan and the Philippines? <laughs> You're a bad person, big Taylor. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting in line. I'm nervous. I'm one of the last people. My mom goes in front of me. I'm literally end up being the last person that goes to confession. And if you're a Catholic, you know how confession goes. If you're not and you're listening, essentially this is how it goes. And, and this is how I was taught as a second grader. I was taught that there's a script. You walk in and you say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been blank since my last confession. Like insert amount of time here. So I walk in. I say, hi, I'm Taylor. It's been never since my last confession because you know this is my first time. That's what I sounded like in second grade. So I, 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 I go in. I say, hi, my name's Taylor. And then, he, like, the priest is supposed to say, uh, welcome, my son. Now tell me your sins. Or, like, that's what I thought, right? And he says, oh, hi, Taylor. It's nice to meet you. Do you like sports? And I'm so thrown off. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is not the script that my teacher gave me. So we start talking about sports for, like, five minutes or so. We're doing some sound effects. This is fun. <clears throat> I need, I need, from now on, when I give this talk, I need to take my iPad with me and do sound effects for the entire time. So I'm, I'm sitting there with this priest. We're talking about baseball. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, I play first base and I got a hit. I'm not very good at hitting, but I'm better than so-and-so. Johnny's not good at baseball. You know, all, all these things, right? And then we take this turning point that I don't realize is a turning point. He said, well, is anything bothering you today? I said, well, no, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. It's been a good day. He says, oh, okay. Well, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. So like, I'm like, wait. So I get up and I'm, I'm all confused. It's this confused face that I have on all the time. It started that day. I go back to the pew where my mom's sitting and I'm like, mom, I, I didn't say my sins. And she's like, what do you mean you didn't say your sins? That's kind of the entire point of going to confessions. You say your sins and then you get, so- you get forgiven for them because the priest is acting in the person of Christ and it's Christ forgiving you for your sins. And I was like, well, she, she's, I, I don't know. Like, he didn't ask me. She said, what do you mean he didn't ask you? She's just like, okay, let's walk through this. I said, okay, well, I, I went in. I said, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Uh, and then he asked me about baseball. We talked about baseball. And I, talk, I told him about uh, playing first base. And I told him about Johnny. And I told him about all these other things. Then he asked me if everything, if I, you know, if everything was going wrong. Um, and, and I said no. And so uh, he forgave me. And then I came and sat next to you. She's like, wait, when he said, is anything bothering you, that was your invitation to say your sins. (laughs) And that's what it sounds like when the demons come out when you said, I don't know. I don't don't know. These sound effects need a little bit of work. But that was the point that I was supposed to say my sins because you're supposed to be sorry for your sins. And little second grade Taylor, (laughs) yay, I got it right. Little second grade Taylor was not sorry for his sins. And how often... Is adult Taylor, adult Sam, adult Mackenzie, adult you listening in your car, not actually sorry for our sins. Like that's kind of the whole point. We should be sorry for our our sins. The way the church says this is that it's it's this word called contrition. So it's like okay, this is another fancy Catholic word. It's in the Bible. It's in Psalms uh, chapter fifty one verse seventeen. Well, the psalmist says, my sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit, a contrite, humbled heart, O God, you will not scorn. So contrition means to be sorry. It means that you're truly sorry for what, you're, what you've done. So when we come to confession and we're contrite, we come and we humble ourselves and we share our sins with the priest who is acting in, in, the, in the person of Christ, in the person of God. God's not going to turn us back. Like he is going to welcome us. It's like the, the old story of the, the prodigal son. When we go back into the confessional, it's like we're walking back to the Father, and the Father runs to us, and he meets us, and he wraps, in, he wraps us in his arms. And then I don't even remember, there's another part of this confession that I don't even remember. I don't think he gave me a penance, because apparently I didn't have any sins. If you don't have any sins, I guess you don't need to do a penance. But the whole penance thing is like the priest at the end says, you know, you've been absolved whenever you... Like leave, like go, like a, a common one is like go th- thank God for for His mercy and say an Our Father and three Hail Marys, right? So, why do we even do penance? Some people are like, well, are you forgiven if you get forget to say your Hail Marys? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> some people say yes, some people say no. I honestly don't think God's going to send you to hell if you didn't say three Hail Marys after your confession. You did the big part, but the whole point of the penance is: do we really want to change? After our confession, do we are we really contrite and we want to change? We want to improve. We want to live for God, or are we like second grade Taylor or twenty seven year old Taylor? Are we really sorry for our sins? Do we really want to live and walk closer to God? So the penance is this whole like replacing the bad with the good. We've already we've already said our sins. We're trying to get rid of our sins. So we have to replace that with something good. Instead of, instead of focusing on the sin, we focus on God's goodness. It's like when the Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt, and then they were freed from Egypt. They, it's, where they, they kept looking back. It's like, we want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back to sin. We want to go back to, to this, our slavery. When God's like, what? I already freed you. Like, look forward to the Holy, to the holy Land, to the Promised Land. So that this is our just like shifting our gear from looking backwards at our sins and looking forward to the promised land, to heaven, that God bought for us on the cross and, his, and, and Jesus' resurrection, and that he continues to offer his mercy to us through, through, his, through his love, through his, his, his daily acts of mercy, and through the confessional. 
so then so there's this part of, of confession there was the absolution it's where your sins are absolved like it's like they never happened it's like they go away so what the what the priest does is he puts his hand up and he'll either put it like in front of your head or like sometimes he'll he'll put it like on your head and he'll put his hand on I forgive you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and he does the sign of the cross. Funny story about this about there was a kid in uh, at a Steubenville conference and at Steubenville conference there's like dozens of priests here in confessions like the entire time the lines are always long it's awesome seeing kids got go and be reconciled with God that's where reconciliation comes from right so the, the this kid is like yeah forgive me Father bro like I'm like in the the, the priest is telling a story and like they can't talk about what he didn't say like what he said but he shared this story <laughs> he said you know i go to absolve this kid and so i put my hand up like right in front of his face to absolve him in the name of the father son holy spirit and the kid's so excited that he's about to be forgiven that he gives the priest a high five <laughs> it's so absolutely funny it was a hilarious story but what the priest said is that god the father of mercies through the death and resurrection of your son, you have reconciled the world to yourself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God grant you pardon and peace. And I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So why do we go to confession? We go to be reconciled with God. We go because we're dirty, filthy sinners. <laughs> but God has won the victory on the cross for us. And if we want to participate in that victory, to be the co-heirs that he's called us to be, We go and we unload our sins and he takes them from us. So there we did it. We shared my first confession story on episode 50 of Forte Catholic. Again, I'm so excited for next week. We've gotten an an entire year. We've only missed two weeks of the show. In 52 weeks, we've done 50 shows. It's been an absolute blast. I love it. Next week, we're going to be, again, we're going to be having a huge announcement, talking to the guys from the Catholic Man Show, uh, talking to Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, a couple of surprise guests, and we're going to be recapping the first year of the show. I'm going to count down my five favorite moments about the show next week. Uh, Sam, our producer, is uh, not going to be here next week. She's abandoning me. On yes. the biggest show of the year. I am. So, Sam, you got a few seconds here. What is has been your favorite moment on Forte Catholic? Um, I have a lot of favorite moments. I just like sitting here and like listening to you talk and how animated you get. Um, the audience can't see this, but I get to see your excitement. <laughs> My levels. arms are flailing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always so fun to like hang out. I love playing games on the show. Those were always fun. Just good times hanging out. Are you not going to share your embarrassing story? Which one? One time you were playing a game. Oh, yeah, that about one. About the plagues, and you said, what was one of the plagues? <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> panicked and said? I said something about dogs. You thought dog. <laughs> God sent dogs as one of the plagues. So, Sam, thanks for, thanks for being here. Uh, guys, tune in next week. It's going to be a huge show. Safe!